Welcome to the World Harvest Church podcast channel. We hope you enjoyed this message. Well, we worship you, Jesus. We thank you for your presence in this place tonight to help us, to give us clarity in your word, Lord, to give, bring light into your plan for our lives, Lord. And we say, have your way in this church tonight. Hallelujah. Well, greet someone else that you didn't say hi to and go ahead and be seated. <laughs> How's everyone doing tonight? Good. It's good to be at church here. It's an honor to minister tonight. I don't take it lightly. I really do appreciate the opportunity. So tonight I want to teach on the topic of the plan of God, but specifically staying hungry for the plan of God. You know, not just getting excited at the first and tapping out halfway. A whole lot of people, a whole lot of people do that, but it's about finishing, right? So I just want to point point out some things that I've learned and that I believe will bless you, amen? Amen. Amen. Let's go ahead and open up our Bibles to Isaiah 41, verse 10, and I'm going to read out the Amplified. Before we read that scripture, I'm going to read this to you. Failure comes because we stopped or never sought the treasures that's in his plan. And failure comes because we tried to find it somewhere else. You can't find it anywhere else. The treasures that are in his plan are only reserved in his plan. So many people forfeit the plan of God because they're trying to find it in something else. They're trying to find what they once wanted in his plan somewhere else, assuming it's not with God anymore. Like I said, tests and trials come to all of us. But with him, you can make it through any of those. I said any of those. But it's with him that we can overcome those things. It's when we step out of his presence, step out of his word, step into our own abilities and our own strengths and try to to walk out his plan on our own. It's truly a misstep and a mistake to not involve God in in your life when it comes to walking out his plan. To walk out his plan and all he has in it. You know, everybody will say, they'll hear all the things that God has promised to us and say, oh yes, I want his plan. But when one thing comes up that doesn't look like the plan of God, they think, well, I think it's somewhere else. Or I think I have a better idea of where to find what I'm looking for. But that's where faith comes in. I said, that's where faith comes in. You have to use your faith when it comes to obeying God and walking out all he has for you. So failure is never on God's part. Jesus already won the victory. I said, Jesus already won the victory. He already won the victory. He did the hard part. Now it's up to us to walk out on his word, step out in faith, and let him perform. All the things he's promised to us, right? Hallelujah. But failure comes when we tried to find it somewhere else. A lot of people start to walk with God. They get excited about all the things that God has for them, but they start to veer off. 
because truly they tried to find it somewhere else. I don't think anybody ever really doesn't want a good life, but they tried to find it somewhere else. They said the plan of God doesn't seem to have that, or they label something else God that never really was. This is hard. This doesn't feel right. I'm going to step in this direction. I'm going to go where I feel like it's better. That's not God either. I'm glad Jesus didn't go where it's easy. I'm glad Jesus didn't take the easy route out. But he did the hard part. I can still see even though you're crawling like that. It doesn't make a difference. Nice try though. That was good. That's some good squatting right there. (laughs) All right, regroup here. But it's important that what the world calls success is truly not success. I think with social media and seeing how life really can be on the internet for other people, it starts to give you a better picture of what these people, it's not, it's that front we're not buying anymore. We see all the junk that goes on in people's lives. They try to paint a picture of their life that looks like success, and it's truly misery. Yeah. It's torment. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fearful, the life full of fear and, and crisis. Yeah. I don't want that. I don't want that. And I know for a fact none of that is in the plan of God. I know none of that is. I know none of it is. Because he's promised peace. He's promised joy. He's promised freedom. He's promised healing. I'm not going to find any of that dead center in the plan of God. But failure never comes from God. You know, I've seen this before. Sometimes God will dry up an avenue or dry up an opportunity or something that once worked. He'll dry it up sometimes. And this for a reason. Maybe he's trying to protect your life. Maybe he's seeing, he sees it all. I'm telling you, he can see what's to come. And don't question that. If you, sometimes you have to ask yourself, why is this not working anymore? Instead of trying to figure it out on your own, look to God and say, what is this? Because you never know. He may be trying to reroute you into a different direction. And it's to save your life. I said it's to save your life. But that's the great thing about his plan is we can trust when he's telling us to do something. Because why? He sees. I said he sees. He can see what's to come. That's why we need to have faith in him. Amen. Amen. Commit all your decisions to the plan. Every decision that comes your way that you have to make, big or small, it doesn't hurt to, to look to God even on the small things. That just gets you more keen and proficient in hearing his voice. I've learned that he'll teach me in the small places, the small leadings in the small places were the same leadings I got in the big places. Now think about that. Are you listening to me? The same leading I got for the silly small thing. Don't buy that. Buy this one. And you look back and said, that was the Holy Ghost. I I didn't realize it then, but that was the Holy Ghost. Was the same leading I got when it became a life or death thing. I've told you all this before. My dad asked me to go on that plane trip trip with him, the last one. And I had a lack of desire to go. I wanted to go because he had already asked several other people to go. And they all said no. And I felt bad. I felt like I wanted to be a good son and go with him because he just wanted time with me. 
but I had a lack of desire to go. I'm so grateful that I had the teaching I was getting in the Bible school because I didn't understand why I didn't want to go, but I just knew I didn't have a desire, and I didn't even really think about it at the time. But I just, not knowingly, followed that decision. That was the Holy Ghost. Learn from those things. He's trying to teach you something. Because you just don't know what that leading will do for your life. I said, you just never know. So commit your decisions to the plan. Amen. Don't get in a hurry. Don't let pressure make choices for you. I felt a little bit of pressure to say yes, but I just didn't, I just didn't have the desire to. And I thought the decision was me, but it was really the Holy Ghost putting that in there. That was a leading. So check your heart. Look to your heart when a decision comes that you have to make one. When opportunity comes to make a decision, check your heart. Include God in everything you do. So many people exclude him in everything they do. You know, so many want what Jesus offered, but they live a life excluding him. They want the promises. Oh, you are freedom. You are joy. You are peace. You are healing. You are the great I am. You are my Lord and Savior, but their life isn't living for him. Nothing about their life looks like God is involved in it. So many people want what he has to offer, but they don't want to give him his life. Want to give them their life. They don't want to give him their whole life. Hallelujah. And people think giving him your whole life is such a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice because you're giving it up for something better. So it's a good one. I said it's a good one. Do you hear me tonight? It's a good one. But something I want to remind you is your whole life, the scripture promises he's with us. Isaiah 41, verse 10, out of the Amplified. Fear not, there is nothing to fear. For I am with you. Do not look around you in terror or dismay. For I am your God. I will strengthen and harden you to difficulties. Hallelujah. Yes, I will help you. Yes, I will hold you up and retain you with my victorious hand of righteousness and justice. But is your hand in a different direction? Is your hand trying to do it on your own? Is your hand in the wrong place? Are you taking your place, your body to wrong places? Are you taking your mind to wrong places? Are you putting your faith in wrong things? Because this sounds great, but are you acknowledging he's there? Are you acknowledging he's with you? Or are you trying to do it all on your own? In everything, acknowledge and recognize he's there. In the midst of whatever you're facing, he's there. In the face of any situation, any circumstance, he is there. Say, he is there with me. Hallelujah. He never left. When he promises something, you can count on it. You can 
count on it. Hallelujah. But we have to recognize he is here with me. He is faithful to me. He is committed to me. And get out of the habit of trying to do it on your own, but put the pressure on him. Amen. Let me read this again. Fear not. There is nothing to fear. Why? Because he's with you. There is nothing to fear. When you feel fear try to come on you, there's nothing to fear. This is not, this is not the truth. The truth is he's with me. The truth is I'm victorious because of him. The truth is fear is not from God. And he's with me right now. Not in my home. Not in my thought life, devil. Fear is not coming into my life. To walk out in the fullness of his plan, you have to recognize these things and do them. Fear will try to come. I said fear will try to come. When, it, when you obey God, fear tries to come every time. I said fear tries to come every time you obey God. Because it's trying to rob you of what's to come. It's trying to rob you of the promises of God. It's trying to rob you of what already belongs to you. Amen. There is nothing to fear for. I am with you. How different would we act in our life if we really had a revelation of this? How would we really respond to a bad report if we truly believed this? If this was in our heart. Big inside of us. If this was truly big and, and this revelation was so true to us, how would we really act on a day-to-day basis? Recognizing God is there. Like I said, so many people, they want what he has to offer and they want the promises, but they don't live a life recognizing him. He is excluded in their whole life. He's excluded. He's left out of the decisions. He's left out of the steps they make. He's left out of everything they do. They're living their own life, but they want what he's promised. Everything he has promised you is dead center in the plan of God. They're not separate. God loves everyone. I said he loves everyone. Jesus died for everyone, but not everyone's living in the fullness of what Jesus offered them. Why? Because they won't get their decisions in line. They won't get their heart in line. They won't give their life every day. They won't give their every day to him. And that's a wonderful thing to do. People say, oh, that's so hard because they say, well, going to the gym every day or doing this every day or doing something like a run every day or doing your chores every day or mowing your lawn or whatever it may be. You say, oh, every day, ugh. No, every day with him is a great thing. It's not a hard thing. Don't associate every day with him as something that's a chore or something that is uh, irritating to have to remind yourself about. It's not a burden. What's a burden is living every day without recognizing him. He is there. I said he is there. So recognize him there. Acknowledge that he's with you. Acknowledge him there. Say, Lord, I I know you're here. Your power is here. Your presence is here with me because you are residing in me. I draw on that power to help me in this situation. What I'm facing right now, you have the answer. I know you have the answer. You know what to do. 
So Holy Ghost, I rely on you. You are the helper. Remember that? He's the helper. That's his name. To help us, to guide us, to lead us. And how many times do we neglect to follow the helper or listen to the helper? Hallelujah. The helper only says what God says. So it's a direct report from the throne room. He can only speak of what the Father says. So when the Holy Spirit is saying, hey, I'm right here, I'm the helper, we need to remember he's there to help. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) Are you being helped tonight? How different would we act and respond to things if we really remembered he is with us? And when you're endeavoring to follow God in your life and fulfill the call in your life and the plan he has, we all have one. I said we all have one. It's so, it's so unique and, and custom to us. It's so perfect for us. But to walk in the fullness of it, you have to, you have to, you have to recognize he's with you. You have to rely on him. You have to. But that's the wonderful thing, that the pressure's not on us anymore. The hard part is already done. Jesus already paid the price. Hallelujah. God longs intensely for communication and total response between us and him. He longs for a relationship with us. Recognize that. You know, when you spend time with someone you enjoy, you want to do that, right? We need to see him, our father, the same way. I want to spend time with you because I enjoy you. Just like my pastor Nancy was saying, enjoying the enjoyment of God. Not always just asking for things, but enjoying it. I'm telling you right now, if you get in the habit of just fellowshipping and enjoying him all the time, faith will come easy. Faith will come easy. When he leads you to do something, you say, I trust him because I know him already. I already know him. This isn't hard for me. You know, there's people you can count on in your life, hopefully, but (laughs) let's just say, for example, I can go to my mom for something and she'll help me. I know she will. There's some people you can go to, you just expect them to help you. How much more is God faithful than any person, anything? So easy to trust in him. You can expect help anytime you go into his presence. Amen. Hallelujah. But I, I made three points that I want to make, that I want to tell you about that'll help you in your walk with God. So the first one I noted is consecrate yourself. Get your heart engaged. Commit your ways to his ways. When my dad passed away, that next day, I remember doing a Bible school class. And I, the first time I preached in Bible school, I was so horribly like nervous, sick to my stomach all night, didn't sleep all night. I tried to take one of my mom's sermons and preach it. (laughs) The worst thing you could ever do is try to mirror somebody else's. Uh, So students, if that's what you're trying to do, don't. It's gotta be true to you. It's gotta be real to you. You cannot fake. You can't. You can take truths, but mirroring, you know what I'm talking about, like word for word. (laughs) She has a whole, whole... Pantry full of binders of sermons. So I was like, yes, this is so easy. No, dude, it was, it was harder. 
And I think everyone would have known, would have known that was not really me. Where was I going with this? Consecrating yourself, yes. So the first, that day when I was going to minister, I was showering, and I just felt so strong to pray the, uh, do the prayer of consecration and consecrate my life to him in this moment. I think it's important for you to hear yourself say that to him. I think it is important. But I remember doing that, and in that moment, I could just sense a hand come on my chest, and I knew it was an angel, and I knew it was what I needed for the next chapter of my life. I've, I could tangibly feel it pushing on my chest, gradually getting stronger and stronger and stronger, and I felt the presence of God come into that shower. <laughs> and we don't realize when we say yes to God, when we acknowledge him with our own words, what he'll do in that moment for you. What he'll impart into you in that moment. I'm not, listen, I'm telling you, that's probably the only time I have felt that in my life like that in that moment. So I'm not saying you have to feel that. I'm not telling you that right now. But that was him letting me know that he heard. I felt, I knew I did the right thing. For a while, when, when dad passed away, I didn't, I didn't even know if the church was gonna even keep going for the first day. I didn't know. Really, we didn't really talk it out. It just really uh, kind of catches you off guard. So in that moment, I said, whatever happens, I mean, pretty sh- shortly after I knew that wasn't gonna happen, but you know, you just get all these thoughts. Um, but it was for me, to help me too. Yes. To, to focus my heart on the right thing. And it was important for me to say that. But the help came when I acknowledged him. The impartation came when I acknowledged him. And I want to encourage you, you know, when you're in a service and somebody comes up and ministers to you that, uh, like Pastor Nancy or another person that you, that's trusted to come up here, sometimes there's not always an explanation of why they're laying their hands on you. And over the years, I've looked back and I said, I've thought that. What was that for? That was just kind of random. It didn't, it, there was nothing, there was no label associated with that. God told me to do this, you know. Wonderful. You sense the presence of God. What is that for? And looking back, I can see in different seasons of my life, that was to help me with this, with this, with this, with this, with this. And for it to come light and easy for me, right? It got me through that. So anytime... You sense the power of God come on you. Don't assume what it could be for. You really, truly don't know. Sometimes you do. But acknowledge that's there to help you, right? And when you come up and someone ministers to you, it's to help you. Pastor Morgan usually does that every first of the year. Those impartations are to help you. Amen. Don't let them go dormant because you're not consecrating yourself to what he wants to do with your life and what he wants to do with that power, right? Amen. But moments of consecration are so important to do, amen? Let's go to John 6, 38. (coughs) Are you being helped tonight? Good. Actually, let's go to Romans 12.1. I'm sorry, we'll go to that scripture in a moment. 
Romans 12, 1. This is Paul writing about living, being a living sacrifice to God. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which in your reasonable service, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You truly have to make your body a sacrifice to him. A sacrifice to him. Lord, use me. If no one else will declare the truth, I will. Use me. Don't be someone he can't use because you're so conformed to the world. You're so conformed to emotionalism. You're so conformed to your own agenda. He can't even come to you. At some time in everyone's life, everything that the world has to offer and that everyone has gained from the world will mean nothing. It will mean absolutely nothing. And when you come to before God, he won't ask you about those things. He won't ask you about that. But did you live by faith? Did you declare the truth? Don't be someone he just can't go to because he knows you're so absorbed in your own will and your own ways that there are people out there that are missing the truth because you didn't say yes to the plan of God. I'm not saying everyone's a minister. I'm just saying everyone has a part to play in the body of Christ and it's all important. So don't be someone he can't go to because you're so set in your ways. I think my mom, or uh, Lester Samo, always kept a bag packed, ready to go. And that's the attitude we really need to have when it comes to obeying God. I'm not saying you're going to go move to the Philippines or something. But always ready to say yes to him. You know, sometimes you can look to your own self and say, I'm not perfect. I'm not enough to do what, he's, what I feel like. I want to I be a certain way for him. I'm just not that way. He's looking for people that will just say yes to him. He's not looking for a perfect human being. He's looking for someone who will say yes to his word, say yes to faith, yes to correcting things, yes to getting it right, yes to making adjustments, just saying yes to him. He's looking for people who are willing and obedient. Amen. So sometimes we say, oh, I'm not good enough to, to do what I feel like he wants me to do. It's not about that. It's not about that. I'm pretty sure he's aware of our, our, uh, our shortcomings. I think he's aware of that. And he's still calling on us. He's calling on us to say yes. He's calling on us to say yes, sir. And where, when, how, what's going on? What's, what's next? We need to have that attitude when it comes to God talking to us. Yes, sir. I, there have been so many times I'm like, I do not want to sing right now. And I, I, someone needs to sing to me. Like, <laughs> someone needs to sing to me because I just am not even in that headspace right now to do that. But I know better. Every time I just get up and stand there, the grace comes. Yeah. It's like, it, it's just, yeah. you just learn that with God. Yeah. You may not feel like in the moment, 
But when, it come, when the time comes, that grace, that power that's there to back you up, it's right on time. It may be dry, dry, dry. You don't even believe it yourself by saying yes. You're like, I don't even know why I'm saying yes, but yes. You're crying. You know, you may be in a bad play. You're like, But he's looking for people who will say yes. And you won't say yes unless you consecrate yourself, stir yourself up, refocus yourself. Amen. I mean, Jesus even had to do that. My father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done. Not mine. He had a will. He sold a will. You may be in the worst moment of your life. Oh my God, how would he want me to do such a thing? How would he want me to, why would he even call me to do something like this? Why is he looking at me? What about them? They look like they have their life together. If Jesus, even in that moment of suffering and knowing what's to come, still said, yet I want your will. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Just say yes in those moments. Just say yes. I'm just, I'm just telling you, just say yes. You don't need to know what's to come next. But if you know God's pulling on your heart to do something, you know there's a greater purpose or a call in your life, just say yes. And it'll, begun, it'll begin to unfold unto you. Yeah. That light will begin to come. and It'll begin to direct you and guide you where you need to go next. But he needs you to say yes. You know, get, get religious junk. Get people's opinion out of it. Get preconceived ideas out of what God looks like and what his plan looks like. Just get that stuff out of your mind and just get to know him as your father who wants a relationship with you. And he wants you to say yes to all the wonderful things he has for you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And the number two point I want to make in what's so important in following the plan of God for your life is lay down a foundation in your life. You need a local church and you need to surround yourself with people that are going in the same direction as you. And you know, I get it. We may not always have primary relationship with certain people, but you need to make sure your primary fellowship are people of faith going in the same direction as you. Because I don't care how excited you are for the plan of God. If you are constantly surrounded by people who are not interested in God or anything he has to offer, uh, you will begin, that light in you will begin to fade. And you have to protect that light. You have to protect that hunger. You have to protect your hunger. You ever eat, you ever been so hungry and you eat something that you're like, that was not worth it? Dude, I, that ticks me off. Because I'm a food... Because I'm a food person, I'm thinking as I don't know, like a, like a golden corral or something. Like, I don't know about y'all, but like, that's just not hitting it for me. That, I don't call it a buffet. I'm thinking of like uh, Fogo de Chow or something. Like, that would get me. Like, a buffet from there would, like, that would satisfy me. But you've ever eaten something, you're just like, <clears throat> I'm full, but like, dude, that just made me feel gross. There's a few places I can think of that. It's just like, ugh. It sounded good in the moment, but then you're just like, that was not it. You know, I don't want to live a life where I feel like that. Have you ever eaten something and it didn't fill you up? Or it did for like this long? 
and then you're hungry again. That's what the world's like. It'll fill you up for just this much. Still hungry for more. Still hungry for more. Still hungry for more. Still hungry for more. And nothing, nothing that the world offers can satisfy. God's plan satisfies. His plan is not something to regret. It's not something to be like, oh, I could have had better. It is the best. He said it is the best. It's the best thing on the menu. By far. By far. You don't have to wonder, does God know what's best for me? He does. He does. Hallelujah. Let's go to Jeremiah 17, 7. Jeremiah 17, 7. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaves will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will it cease from yielding fruit. You know, your company and where you're planted in your local church, is, it's truly life or death. It's truly life or death where you go to church. Are they teaching you faith? Are they feeding you faith? Are they feeding you the food you need to walk with God? There's so many places that water it down to make it more neutral for a greater audience. And, you know, I can, I, and, and if you look in the natural, it makes sense to do that. But it's not about that. It's about getting the truth out and not watering it down. But we need to be fed faith. We need to be taught faith. We need to be planted by the river. We need to be planted in so deep in trust and faith in God and his word that no matter what comes, no matter what season comes, we're yielding fruit. Our life looks different than the world. No matter what comes, our life is thriving because he is the center of it. And we're people of faith. We have to maintain that stance in our life, that we are faith people. We live by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. So many believers, they love God and they want him, but they aren't taught faith. They aren't, they aren't taught how crucial it is. Because without faith, it's impossible to please him. It's impossible. So... People that don't teach faith or live by faith, it's, it's, it's a sad life to look back and say, I wasn't pleasing to God. I didn't live a life pleasing to him. But I don't know about you. I want to live a life pleasing to him. He did so much for me. It's important to lay that foundation of faith in your life because without it, you truly are going to veer off. And it's so important, your company, your company of faith, being surrounded by faith. Jesus established the, the local church for a reason. We need each other. I said we need each other. This isn't a solo race here. We're, we're the body of Christ. We need each other to walk this thing out. And to accomplish all that God has for us. We need each other to walk it out. Amen? So it's so important that you lay a foundation of faith in your life. The word in your life. Making that your foundation. God's word is our source of life. 
That's what it's talking about here. The water is God's word. That's the life we need to draw on. That's the words we need to put in our mouth. That's the words that we need to read on and focus on and, and remember when other words try to come up, when other reports try to come up. His word is the one that has life in it. His word is what has truth in it. Amen. Just like water is essential to the growth and the life of a tree, trees must have water to create energy for the source of that tree would die if it didn't have it. If plants and trees lack enough water, they become weak and struggle to survive and they'll die. God's word is like the water of our life. We need it to survive in this world. We need it. So many people are struggling, they're hurting, they're tormented because they don't have this life. They're dwindling away. They're struggling to survive because they don't have this life. So don't come up to this life and turn away from it. Don't take the easy route. What, seem, what may seem like the easy route. What's hard is a life without that power, without his words in your mouth, without the word in your life without the word being a foundation in your life. That's what's hard. But his word is life. Amen. So draw on that source. Put his words in your mouth. Make his words your words. Amen. We are only as strong as where we are planted. And if our roots are not deeply planted in, a, in his word, in a strong local church, one unexpected drought, unexpected test and trial, unexpected wind can rip us right out. And it has nothing to do with God and him failing us, but us not preparing ourselves for what he's already laid in front of us, already laid in front of us. He has provided and offered up everything we need. We just have to say yes to it. Amen. And then number three is respond and obey him when he leads. Yes. In this process, we have to learn the voice of God and respond to his voice. And that's the voice we're meant to follow. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Let's go to John 10, 4, and I'll close with this. <coughs> John 10, 4. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which they spoke to him. So I don't know if you've ever seen a video like on YouTube or something, but I saw one where there was a shepherd who had a bunch of sheep and there were visitors. He said, try and call them over with the same like whistle note or whatever he used to call them. And they did it with like five people and the sheep didn't even bat an eye. Didn't even like look to see where that sound was coming from. They were just grazing. And the moment the shepherd whistled and called him with the same, ex it sounded really similar. It sounded really similar. They s started sprinting, running to him. Wow. So it's so important to know his voice. Yes. Yes. And any other voice we're not following. That's right. 
That doesn't sound like my father. My father doesn't have a bend of pressure or worry with his words or accusational words. That's not, that's not, that's not what I know in the word. That's not how I know him to be. He is a loving father. He is a faithful father. And someone who, who is loving is not going to condemn you every day of your life. Amen. So it's so important to know his voice. Spend time with your father. Get to know your father. And I'm telling you, success is always in his plan. It's always in his plan. Success is always in his plan. In Psalms 119, I'll just read this to you. Verse 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and it's a light to my path. You need to see the word as so vital in every step you take. What does he have to say about what I'm doing with my life right now? What does he have to say about this direction I'm about to take in my life? Is it you or is it someone else? His word is him talking to you. So look to his word. Get it big in your heart. Get to know the voice of your father because the devil would love to just torment you every step of the way. But you don't have to live like that. You don't have to live a life constantly harassed every day of your life because of what you're doing. But his plan has everything that you need in it and more. Wonderful things in it. There's peace in his plan. There's joy in his plan. There's supply in his plan. And no matter what tries to come up around you, peace is still yours. I remember when my dad passed away, our neighbors found out and they came to us with some gifts and they were crying. And when they saw my mom smiling, you know, it just usually that's not the response you get a few days after something like that happens. So they felt like they were doing the right thing and kind of like, you know, feeling emotional, which is fine. And they started to talk to us and realize, you know, we're, we're okay, we're happy, you know. Thank God for Pastor Nancy setting the tone. But, you know, they started to to talk about how they felt like there's just such a peace coming from your house. There's just, I don't know what it is. Like, I just don't understand. You know, they're trying to explain. I don't know what I'm saying, you know, but like, I just feel like there's such peace coming from your house. And then, you know, and that said so much to me because I recognized even though you may not feel that tangible peace on you, you know, it's operating. You know, it's flowing in your life. And people it'll be a witness to people. You say, dude, my life doesn't look like others. It just doesn't. And, and remember, remind yourself, my life, God, he has been so faithful. Where would I be? What would it look like? What would I be dealing with if he was not in it? Hallelujah. But Pastor Nancy set that tone in that household because she had a foundation in set in that home, a way, a way of operation, the right response, that response and that result was from a person of faith who didn't waver, who didn't step aside and question God or doubt God, who didn't doubt in his plan, who didn't give in to emotions. You know, the body feels stuff. You feel stuff when things happen, but you're, you're not shaken on the inside. Your spirit's not shaken. Your body, Brother Hagin says that, said that. When, the, when tangible, he could see tangibly, he was shaking from fear, yeah. the presence of fear in his room. 
He said, devil, my body may be shaken, but my spirit, man, is not shaken. And we have to remind ourselves of that power that's there all the time. Amen. Hallelujah. Were you helped tonight? Glory to God. Go ahead and stand up with me and let's just thank him for his word. Lord, we're so grateful for the light that you brought tonight. We're so grateful for your word. Right now, we consecrate ourselves to you, Lord. We say yes to your will. We say yes to your plan. We say yes to the call of God in our lives. We will follow your voice and no other voice. You have final say in this church, in our lives, in our households. You have final say in everything we do, Lord. So right now, Lord, we say yes. Lord, we say yes. We say yes to your will, yes to your plan, yes to your ways. And we look to you and we put our faith in you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Were you helped tonight? I'm stirring myself up too. We're all doing the same thing, right? Hallelujah. Let me see if there's anything else I need to do. It seems to be it. So we will see you all on Sunday. Is there anything else before that? I feel like I'm missing something. There's Saturday before Sunday. Thank you, Jacob. <laughs> so turn to somebody before you're dismissed and say, I'm saying yes to God's plan. And you're dismissed. I'll see y'all Sunday. Thank you for joining us. To learn more about World Harvest Church, please visit our website at defrainministries.org.